0: You need to build a safety net. You need to connect with individuals. They might be the source of your next job if something doesn't go the way you planned.
1: Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse.
2: Welcome to Digital Marketing Masters. My name is Matt Rouse, and today I have David Schneider on the show, who has successfully sold two SaaS businesses, Ninja Outreach, and Less Churn. He's also traveled the world over 60 countries and now runs an agency called Shortlist.io. So, David, welcome to the show. Hey, Matt. Good to be here. Hi, everyone. At least where I am right now, this is the sun is shining. Where are you located at, anyway? I'm in Philly. Oh, in Philly. Yeah, okay. So... How's the weather in Philly today? It's, it's decent. It's been
0: kind of 50s or so,
2: uh, reasonably sunny. So it's kind of like I'm waiting for that
0: that summer to happen. But then again, there's nowhere to go. So
2: <laughs> right, I don't I don't know how the uh, COVID is affecting like how people are quarantined there. But our quarantine is like like it's pretty loose. Like you can go out. You just can't go to like a park or something like that where there's other people and kids and stuff. But I mean, I go out, I I drive out to like, there's, there's a place in the middle of nowhere where there's a field and a little pond full of ducks. I take my daughter there and we feed the ducks. It's fun, you know? And I don't know if, is your agency completely remote also? Yeah, we are completely remote, uh, which is interesting
0: because then you get to kind of see how other countries are approaching quarantine. And you realize that I think kind of like what you said, we we're not really in a quarantine, you know, like I'm still going out biking, like I'm going out for walks and then I'm talking to you know people that I work with in Serbia and they have like a five PM curfew. No one's really allowed to go out. Like it's actually like a proper quarantine and my sister lives in, in Spain and they, they literally have been confined to the apartment for weeks. So other countries are handling this a lot differently, but we like to use the word quarantine anyway.
2: Yeah, my, my self quarantine has, it's, it's starting to get a little more lax as, as time goes on, but Oregon is kind of, they did a lot of quarantine and a lot of stuff early. So we have been, if you count every day as self quarantined here since we started, I would have been self quarantined for 33 days now, 34 days and. You know, they've flattened the curve pretty hard out here, Uh, out east. And, you know, some of the cities are a little worse off, but we'll see what happens. So let me get back into it. I know I already got distracted right at the start. I haven't asked a question yet. So I used Ninja Outreach uh, in the past and like it's an influencer marketing tool. So do you want to talk about your first two SaaS companies and how you were able to grow those businesses?
0: Yeah, sure. Primarily about Ninja Outreach. That was the one that I worked on for four years and and really kind of had the biggest growth. And it just kind of represents the largest part of of my experience as an entrepreneur. But, you know, I'm trying to, it's always obviously a long story and trying to kind of think about how to package it. But essentially, you know, Ninja Outreach was a bootstrapped uh, influencer marketing software that I started in 2014 with a couple other guys. And then, uh, you know, we, we developed the tool, uh, launched it, in the influencer marketing back then, and even I think now, you know, it's, it's a pretty trendy, you know, kind of hot topic. A lot of small businesses, businesses were looking to kind of get into it. So the timing was really right for uh, some, some more of those types of tools. There were other tools on the market, you know, BuzzStream and things like that, that were kind of doing, you know, outreach and link building. Uh, but we were looking to kind of do something a little different, which was to combine prospecting and outreach in a single tool. At like a small business price, which there weren't that many of those types of tools at the time. So we started the vision and we, you know, because it was a bootstrapped company, it was pretty slow to grow, to be honest. Despite, you know, the the types of stories that maybe some people are used to hearing, it was largely just a long, slow grind for four years. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much what uh, what it was. You know, we invested obviously a lot of our own money into kind of building up the tool. And then just little by little, we tried to add people to the team as needed. So, you know, the the early days was mostly about product because we kind of had a lot of catching up to do to kind of put something out there in the market that really worked. And as the product became a bit more stable, a bit more mature, we started to grow the marketing team. And we did a lot of inbound marketing, outreach and link building and sort of, you know, just traffic generation. That was kind of the main channels that worked for us. Um, and that were feasible based on, you know, our price point and our resources. Frankly, we used our tool a lot. You know, we used our tool to basically find bloggers and reach out to them and, and proposition them for maybe yeah putting some links on their page. And we could always kind of offer them the software as kind of a favor. Like, hey, we'll give you a free account if you do this. And that, you know, that that really worked pretty well. You know, the software had a it was had a big general use case, so a lot of people could be like, yeah, yeah, I, I like that. You know, I'd benefit from that. Yeah, you know, I'll give you a link in uh, in exchange for that. And, and so, and then once we finally kind of started to have enough traffic on the website, it became more about conversion rate optimization, split testing trying new designs, new price points. And then finally, and so I've literally just kind of gone through four years, is about 2018, 2018, we did like a full rebrand of, of the site and the, the application and all the marketing materials and we came up with like a new logo and color scheme and font and all these different things because we had just kind of hacked everything together over the years and nothing really made sense. And if you were a user experiencing, you know, ninja outreach, you would be sent in all these different directions and it would look like you weren't even really dealing with the same company anymore. Um, So we felt that that was a really big thing to kind of fix. So after we did all that stuff and then finally got the business in a place where I could almost say, like, hey, this is a pretty decent product, brands looking sharp and, and actually everything is looking like pretty good. Then we sold it. <laughs> it right. So sort of, sort of almost ironically, it was kind of like after all of that to kind of get to a place where you know, everything kind of felt really good. And then and then GDPR came out and then, you know, and then I, I proposed to my wife and, and all these different things kind of happened in my life and, and macroeconomically. And we just thought, you know, like, I think it's I think it might be kind of time. I think maybe we just kind of you know, just run its course, you know.
2: Right now, had you built it? With the thought of acquisition in mind, or was it more like once you kind of got everything there, somebody came and made you an offer and you're like, well, maybe it's time to sell it kind of thing.
0: Yeah so it wasn't exactly built with the idea to to sell it you know it wasn't like day one hey this is the exit plan we we didn't necessarily have an exit plan but you know over the years we had basically been taking a, a relatively small salary one or two years i don't think i took any money and then also you are taking maybe like 3 grand a month or something like that and, you know maybe 6 grand a month okay this is looking pretty, pretty you know, more reasonable but but by no means are you making a lot of money and you kind of realize at that point that Either you have to be in it for the really really long run, or if you're ever going to kind of compensate yourself for all the past time, you kind of need an exit. That was just like the, the way the math worked that there would be like this injection of cash, and all of a sudden, when you were paying yourself x x per year, all of a sudden it was it was more. Um, and so it did kind of make sense um, from from that standpoint. But also, an offer kind of came along over the over the years. We had couple people once in a while, reach out to us. Hey, are you interested in being acquired? Hey, um, some funding or something like that. We usually entertain those conversations because there's no reason not to, but yeah, they never, most of the time they never really went anywhere. In July, uh, I think it was 2017, like the year before we sold it, somebody did reach out to us and they were interested in buying it. And we went farther in those discussions, but as I had mentioned, we were right in the middle of a rebrand and we just kind of felt like, I really want to see this through. This is kind of like our, I see, I don't know, I see on the cake, whatever you want to call it. It was something that we felt like we needed to kind of complete. And so we said, you know, thank you, but, but no thanks uh, at this time. And then we did complete that rebrand. And then, like I said, things, things were j- basically good. And then a few other things kind of happened. And I, like I mentioned, GDPR, different life things and just yada, yada, yada. And so we reached back out to that guy in January and we said, Hey, I think we you know we would be willing now, uh, we had had six months of good growth and it just it everything kind of started to line up a little more uh, that, that that direction made more sense than it had before. He was still interested in January and because it was a direct interaction, we handled everything really, really quickly in March, you know like two months later, the business was no longer ours
2: It's a fantastic story, and a lot of times I think people have an idea for. You know, especially on the bootstrap side and not even necessarily for a SaaS product, but they have an idea for a business and they start kind of building the business and everything. And there's not really a lot of thought put into like, am I ever going to have an exit out of this thing? Am I going to sell it? Am I building just myself a job for the future? You know, it's usually just like, hey, I can make some money doing this. so I'm going to build this thing. And then, you know, it kind of morphs and grows from there. Is definitely, yeah,
0: you're right to, to imply that, you know, you should kind of think about that. <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, when you do finally, if and when you do maybe go to sort of sell it. It's not like, you know, the last year or years are being taken into consideration as to how to value the company and all those different types of things. So the things that you may have, you know, invested in at that point, you know, they, they may not have really made sense if you knew you were going to sell it or something like that. And so the more that you have a plan early on, the more that the path is going to make sense and you're not going to kind of do anything useless, frankly.
2: Yeah. So talking about, you know, growing those businesses and being able to sell them, kind of the whole COVID thing, like we were talking about earlier, is on everybody's mind. You know, there's a lot of people losing their jobs and that kind of stuff, too. A lot of businesses, I mean, are still doing okay right now. And some of them are struggling more than others. And I mean, there is a a select few that are actually doing really well, depending on if they're in a food industry or something like food delivery, not necessarily a restaurant. If you're in a restaurant, it's trouble. But. Do you think growth is still possible right now for most companies, or do you think it's more of a kind of maintain in place, kind of survive to thrive later, kind of tactically?
0: You know, the key word there that I kind of noticed when you said it was for most companies. And and if you phrase it like that, I, I'd honestly say no. And while I, I definitely do think that there are opportunities for growth and maybe a lot of, you know, maybe many companies have some, some bit of growth opportunities, some, some really probably not at all, but and some are, yeah, exploding and thriving. But for the general masses, I definitely feel it's a little bit more of a protective time, a time to play a bit of defense. You know, does it mean I'm, I've pulled all these sort of investments and growth that we're kind of currently doing? No, not not at all. Actually, like uh, our agency is looking to launch two software products this month, you know, that had been in the works that's still the plan. We're still going to kind of go through with that, but I'm monitoring how things are kind of going. I'm monitoring, you know, how the revenue is either stable or declining. And if at some point, like we need to pull the rug out from those, we will, you know, they'll be the first things to sort of go. I think that, you know, it, it's, it's not, it may not be a time for growth, but it is a time for, for pivoting. It's a time for kind of understanding, you know, what, what opportunities do you have to, to maybe lessen, lessen the blow, you
2: know? Right. And everyone's kind of talking about how people have to pivot in the quote, new economy. People say the new economy a lot. I was talking to Sean Shepard on the last episode, just a couple of days ago, he's uh runs a venture capital fund. And uh, they were talking about how you don't necessarily need to pivot your business, like your services and stuff. You may actually just need to pivot your marketing or pivot your delivery, you know, how you deliver your products and services. What do you think are some of the things businesses can do right now to kind of pivot their marketing or any of their other tactics to, you know, like marketing and sales tactics?
0: Yeah, for sure. And I, I agree with that. Obviously, it, it always depends on, like, your specific business and whether or not that makes sense. But there are definitely some industries that are kind of booming right now, right? Like remote work or, like you said, food delivery. And and I someone sent me a PDF the other day of, like, you know 100 e-commerce niches that are kind of like uh growing rapidly right now in this environment and so for example us as an agency you know providing marketing services it's you know literally the difference between hey before I was kind of pitching and outreach to these people and now I'm pitching outreach into these people kind of trying to go where the money is where the growth is right so that's you know that's the agency thing i have one client they're in the um social communications niche so like how to be a better social, it's B2C consumers, how to be a better socializer, how to be a better networker, right? So that's a really tough, that's a really tough position to be in right now because social distancing, nobody's being social right now. So they have all these products that are about how to be kind of better. So it's about, okay, how can we maybe reframe this? Because we know that COVID is on everybody's mind. And so let's not, let's not try to be coy here. Let's not try to pretend that's not, not the situation. Let's kind of go head on with it. Let's address it in the copy and let's say, what is everybody's fears right now? It's often it's uh, becoming redundant, maybe losing work. And so for them, they're kind of pitching, you know, networking as, hey, you need to build a safety net. You need to connect with the individuals. They might be the source of your next job. If something doesn't go the way you planned, 85% of jobs are basically being found through networking, right? So they're kind of, you know, redirecting the the copy, the conversation, the way they market towards, you know, addressing what is on people's mind right now, what are the fears right now, as opposed to, hey, go out to a bar and, and you know, and how to be charming to that lovely lady over there. It's, it's a different conversation. But the material, the techniques that are at the core of the products and services that they offer are still relevant. It's just about the positioning.
2: Yeah, and the thing with networking is, you know, it doesn't matter if, you're, if it's for a business or if you're trying to get another job or whatever it is, everybody should be understand network effect now more than ever before because viruses are a network effect, right? The more connections the virus has, the faster it spreads and the faster growth, right? And by isolating yourself, you're stopping being a node on that network, right? The virus can't get you, so it can't connect. So the network effect when you're isolated is just as bad for your position, right? Socially and, you know, when it comes to business or work, So 100% down with the networking thing. I still do online networking. We're doing a live stream right now, uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays on uh, just on Facebook right now. It's LinkedIn still hasn't approved us six months waiting to get on live stream on LinkedIn. (laughs) But, you know, we're doing more podcasts and stuff and I'm networking, you know, meeting people like you. Right. So I totally agree with the networking part. Do you have any advice for maybe early stage companies or people developing SaaS products kind of during the pandemic? I know it's it's gonna to be tough for some of them to break through right now when everybody and their dog is on the internet at the same time trying to promote stuff instead of being at work, right?
0: Obviously, uh, you know, so it's probably not an ideal time to launch a product just because you know people are maybe gonna be a little bit more tight with their spending and they're you know they're less likely to kind of take on something new. But the benefit of you know being an early stage product is that, you know, the, the opportunity to pivot to be flexible is, is usually greater. It's harder for a company that's kind of been established in a particular niche. It has sort of everything oriented towards a direction. And then all of a sudden you find out that that's not really what's cool right now to then just kind of change everything. You know, it's like a lot easier said than done. So I think now is the time if you're a really early business to kind of say, OK, whoa, 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 before I start to overcommit to this direction, to this niche, is this going to serve me well in the next 6, 12, 18 months? And if not, you can probably make an easy adjustment you know, like we were just talking about, to kind of make it make it more relevant. So I would say, you know, that that is kind of the benefit. The benefit of always being an early is is always agility. It's always you know that that flexibility. And so you know, it, now is the perfect time to basically play that card if you have it,
2: right. And the thing about being like, if you're an entrepreneur, you're a small business. You know, just like if you're a startup, I mean, you have the ability to to change direction really quickly. A big company with you know thousands of employees. Can't turn on a dime. Uh, but if you're a small business person, I mean, you can change the way that you're marketing in a matter of hours sometimes, you know, or days, right? Yeah, that's great advice. And uh, do you think there's anything else that I haven't asked you yet that you think would be helpful for kind of entrepreneurs and business owners during this time? I mean, uh, <laughs> I know it's a tough question, but I always got to ask.
0: <laughs> yeah, so it, always, it, always, yeah it, it always is a, a tough question. I mean, I think, you know, obviously we, we covered some certain good stuff. I, you know, I think just generally kind of want to put out the message that I I am, you know, still optimistic in a sense. I think that, you know, I, you know, I didn't grow Ninja Outreach during a recession is, this is new for me, you know, I mean, uh, like I, said, I started that in 2014. And so it was already years after, uh, you know, like a and stuff like that. Yeah. That, that, that type of thing. So, you know, th- this is new for me, even as someone who's been around the block a little bit. So, I, you know, that's why I'm trying to play a little more careful, be a little more defensive, like I said, but I do think that, you know, the businesses that kind of come out of this, you know, will be stronger. They will have that experience And there may be some less competition, you know, unfortunately, so to speak, fortunately, unfortunately, as some businesses just don't make it. So just kind of, you know, pay close attention to kind of what's going on. Think about the direction that you're taking with with your product and your business and don't feel committed to anything that that may have, you know, seemed like the natural course one or two months ago, because that might just not make a lot of sense right now. As a business owner, you have to be adaptable, so.
2: Absolutely. And a really good kind of exercise that people could do for that is just give yourself some time away from the computer and away from the kids and stuff. If that's even possible in your house, go lock yourself in your car or something and get a little notepad or something and write down all the things that people are doing now different than they did before that could affect your business. So like people are staying home more. They're not driving as much. They're not commuting anymore, which means The price of gas is going to go way down. Office space leases are going to start collapsing or falling because people aren't going to be using their offices anymore. Businesses that have retail space or office space, a lot of them are still not going to be able to pay their rent three months from now. So just because they get rent deferment for three months when they have to pay double rent for the three months after is not really going to help them. Right. So there's all these things you can write down all these things and find out. What are the things that are vulnerabilities for your business and what might be advantages or, you know, opportunities for your business? And just taking the time to kind of write that stuff down, do that kind of thought experiment can really help you point that direction. And then, like you were saying, you can turn that business on a dime because, you know, you've got a handful of employees or maybe you're even like a solo entrepreneur. That's something that you can do now that larger companies can't do because you have that advantage of being nimble so david i really appreciate you taking the time out to uh have a talk with us today and uh, we're going to try and get this out as quickly as we can it'll probably be out today is april 16th i expect this to come out by the 21st wow so next four or five days we're trying to get the covid information out to people as quickly as they can to help save their businesses so uh, i really appreciate your time and we'll talk to you soon thanks a lot Matt. pleasure being on the show
1: This has been Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. For notes and a transcript of this episode, go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast. Now stay tuned for a preview of our next episode of Digital Marketing Masters. Join us next week as we speak with award-winning author and international speaker Scott Aaron about human connection.